preach. Now I can preach. Wow, how many are happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Let me just say this. For all of you folks out there that are worried about the time you're demon-possessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. And let me just tell you this. Y'all don't, a lot of people don't know the backstory, and I'm sure there's folks out there going, boy, I really wanted to hear Pastor Chuck today. When you hear me, you've heard Pastor Chuck. When you hear Pastor Chuck, you've heard me. When you hear us, you've heard Bishop. Come on. There is something really dynamic that can probably never be reproduced going on at New Harvest Church. So many people are so oblivious to the supernatural that's already happened and is happening at New Harvest Church. But this morning, I just want to serve notice today. I've really been charged by the Holy Spirit. I believe I do have a word for the house today. And I just want to set the stage for some things this morning. Number one is this. I want to serve the devil notice, the devil, demons, any type of authority that stands opposed to the will of God that may be in this house today. I'm going to give you a chance to leave. Come on, I'm going to give you a chance to leave. I'm going to be, I'm going to be nice, and I'm being serious. This is not one of my dry humor jokes. I want to give you an opportunity to leave today because I'm telling you, if you stay in this place, I know there's an atmosphere already. I know Pastor Chuck was wanting to preach so bad in this atmosphere today. I'm so thankful for such a great atmosphere to release the Word of God. Dirt could preach in here today, I'm telling you. It's an atmosphere. The presence of God is here in a powerful way. But I just want to extend a Christian courtesy to any demonic influence. And if you know of somebody who's under demonic attack right now, text them right now and tell them you need to get to New Harvest Church right now. Because something is fixing to break out of this house. And Tuesday night was um, an important night at prayer. If you've not been a part of those meetings, you need to be here because it's one way to get tuned in and connected to what is happening here. That way you don't have to come in on Sunday morning and try to get caught up to what's happening. You don't have to be refreshed. You're the one that's making the impact rather than the one that's being impacted. Hallelujah. But on Tuesday night, I began to realize some things talking about the same theme of a season of miracles or a season of the supernatural. And the Holy Spirit began to just totally change up what I was wanting to lead and declare over the house. And we began to pray over those in authority over this region because I believe to any season, even in South Florida where there's only one season, well, two seasons, hot and not quite as hot, we don't really experience all those seasons here like they would maybe in a different climate. But every season has triggers. You begin to see things Leaves begin to turn. You know why leaves are turning? Because the sap is leaving that tree and it's going down into the root system where it can survive through the winter. So there are trig triggers to season changes in our life. And I believe it's important to recognize, that's a big word, say that with me today, recognize the triggers 
and some of the things that may be going on in your life. And one of the triggers we begin to realize is you've got to confront those in authority, any position of authority in your region. The Bible declares, pray for those in authority that it may go well with you. Amen. You want an atmosphere to change, you want a region to change, you've got to confront the authority figures in your life. And number two is this, you've got to confront the demonic operation in the region. Hallelujah. I just heard the devil's ears perk up. You've got to confront and recognize demonic operation in your region. How many believe the devil and demons still exist? I love what Pastor Carl Strader said one time. He said, yeah, people accuse me of believing that there's a demon under every rock. He said, I don't believe there's a demon under every rock. I believe there's four demons under every rock. How many realize that Jesus dealt with demonic activity more than he healed people? Let me say that again. Jesus dealt with demonic activity more than he dealt with uh, healings and, and miracles, phys physical miracles. So demons are real. Demons are closer than you think. Demons are operating in ways that you may not understand. How many realize in Genesis chapter 3, it says, Now the serpent was the wisest of all of God's creation. And we read that and go, well, now he's fixing to deceive Eve. Eve's going to partake with Adam, and it's the fall of man. So when God called out Satan in the garden, we see it as Satan's rise to prominence. But anytime Satan or any type of demonic activity is called out, hear me today, anytime Satan or any demonic activity is called out, it's not the beginning of their reign, it's the beginning of their end. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we've got to discern some things in our own lives, we've got to discern some things in our families. We've got to discern some things in our nation and even in the world today. And we've got to call it out. Satan is smart, but when I recognize him and when I understand his patterns and his ways, I'm not saying he's all powerful and my end is near, but when I recognize him and declare, you may be smart. You may be able to trick me. You may be able to deceive me, but I'm calling you out. And when I call you out, I'm issuing a mandate and a statement that your end is near. Because when Satan was called out, yes, he did deceive Eve. Eve partook with Adam. They fell because of, the, of their disobedience. But then the judgment came. And in that judgment, God says, because you've been called out, you've been exposed, you've operated out in the light, because of that, I'm judging you now, and this is the beginning of your end. You will strike his heel, talking about us, talking about Jesus, but he will crush your head.
So I believe it's time for the church to call him out, not be afraid of him, not be intimidated by him. Hallelujah. And here's the big one. Quit covering up the demonic activity in our life. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when the devil is not exposed in the house, he has full reign in our lives. Let me say that again. When the devil is not exposed in the house, where he is not exposed and recognized in the house, he will control every aspect of our life. We can come to church every Sunday. We can serve on some kind of board. But we'll be living some form of godliness and we'll end up denying the power of God. And these are the days we need to see the genuine, real, undisputable power of God operate in the earth through the church of Jesus Christ. I'm tired of just surviving when the person down on the inside of me is more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. He refuses to just survive. He's, he's determined to go through the cross, but on the third day, he's determined to get up again. Come on. And we've got to realize that down on the inside of me is a power that refuses to go along to get along. My sermon title today is this. I don't know if they put it up there or not yet. But my sermon title today is this, where demons are not safe. Where demons are not safe. And I want to read, turn in your Bible to Mark, Mark chapter 4, and I'm going to read into the first part of Mark chapter 5. So turn in your Bible there, and I'm going to shot. And I want to say again, Pastor Chuck, what a great turnout there was here yesterday. Devils were flying everywhere. Garbage was flying everywhere. We cleaned the house yesterday. Physically and spiritually. Now we're going to fill it today with the next move of God. Mark chapter 4, if you've got it, say I've got it. Now, I want to read this in the way it was dictated. And a lot of times we look at chapters and we isolate them into isolated events. But what I'm going to read today, when I put it on my notes, I put the whole reading I'm fixing to read. I took out all the verses. I took out the chapters. Because really and truly it's one event. It's one event. It's the foundation, and then it's the fulfillment. It's the foundation, and then it's the fulfillment. So I'm going to read. It's a lot of text, but just bear with me. I'm going to try to read it as entertaining as I can to keep your attention. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. 
there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often chained, no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. And when Jesus saw from a distance, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, For I am many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. And those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus, leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. Somebody say all. Holy Spirit, help me today. Help me today, Holy Spirit. Help me today, not entertain, but help me today. Declare the word of God with power and authority in this house. Father, I thank you for your people that are here today. I thank you that those who needed to be here are here. Those who did not need to be here are not here. But, Father, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for ears that can hear the voice, that can hear the words. Thank you for a pastor today that preaches not from the headlines. Thank you for a pastor today that preaches by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 
Those things are rare today. Help us appreciate the gift of God in this house. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I'm sorry I didn't have you stand, which is the custom, but that's okay. We're going to stand later. And we're going to fight some demons. Now, I understand, I want you to understand today that the way I read that text is the way it was transcribed. We read it in two individual events. Number one, Jesus quieting the storm. And number two, we think it's act two, Jesus delivers the man in the garrisons. But really, it's all one event. And let me just summarize what we just read. Jesus finishes preaching. He finishes the sermon and he says, so let's get it. He tells his disciples, let's get in the boat. We're going to the other side. And in the middle of going to the other side, a storm comes up on the lake. If you've ever been in a boat during a storm, it gets, you know, pretty intense. But a storm came up and they weren't on like a princess cruise line. They were on like a glorified, there was enough for all of them to get there. Plus there were other boats, so they may have been split up a little bit. So it was a, you know, it was a small craft, a small boat, so it didn't take a whole lot to make things hairy out on that lake. But a storm rose up. The wind began to blow. The waves began to beat against the boat. That boat began to fill with water. That's the last thing you want to see in your boat is water. Water began to pour over into the boat. They began to be very concerned about the situation to the point that they woke Jesus up who was asleep. It's amazing what may be a storm to somebody is not necessarily a storm to somebody else. You've got to realize who's in your boat. Who's in your boat? It's important that who is in your boat, but it's also important that you recognize who is in your boat with you. So they woke Jesus up. Don't you care that we're about to die? Jesus gets up. How many are one of those people that if somebody wakes you up out of one of those good naps, you're not the happiest person in the world? Amen. I mean, I've just never seen anybody, wake up, wake up. Hey, man, it's good to be alive. You know, I mean, it's just not one of those things. It's, what? My gosh. What is wrong with you? I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And, you know, you just hate loud noises when you're trying to wake up. And uh, so that was kind of the scene. Wake up, Jesus. Don't you care? What's going on, man? So Jesus gets through his anger and frustration with his disciples and says, peace be still. The storm quiets down, and they get out on the other side. They didn't return to port. They continued on their journey, went to the other side. As soon as they stepped out on the other side, a demonic, a man filled with demons, came running, running to Jesus, bowed down before him, 
immediately recognized who Jesus was. The demons recognized him more than the disciples did. Man, that was just a little nugget. The Holy Ghost threw down on me right there. The demons recognized him more than the disciples did. Hallelujah. If we don't recognize who we're serving, demons will always have the upper hand. Son of David, are you here to torture us before our time? And Jesus said, who, who are you? What's your name? We are legion because we're many. And Jesus said, well, I am here on a mandate from my Father to destroy the works of darkness, and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do something with you. I cannot just let you get along. I can't just let you go on your way, be the same you were before. I can't just turn the blind eye. This is my mandate. If I didn't do anything else today, this is why I'm in the earth. And the demon said, listen, the pigs over there, don't just throw us out into dry places where we have to seek a place to abide and find rest. Cast us into the pigs. And I love what the NIV says. It says, Jesus gave them permission. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, okay, come out of him and be thrown into the presence of those pigs. And we know what happened. The pigs were possessed. Have anybody ever seen any possessed pigs? Amen. My kids raised pigs in 4-H, and they were all possessed. <laughs> all of them. Every one. Now, I love bacon. Good ham sandwich. But pigs, I've never seen a godly pig. The demons went into those pigs, so overpowered them that they went against their very instincts and nature to survive. They went down, they jumped off the cliff, and were destroyed. And the thing we've got to understand, let's put all of that out of chapters and verses, and let's put it into one story that is all intertwined. It's all intertwined. So if we're going to create a place where demons are not safe in our life, number one is this. We've got to quit playing it safe. We've got to quit playing. I didn't give them the points like Pastor Chuck does, so you're just going to have to write them down or type them down. But if we want to establish God's kingdom in this region, we must get our head out of the sand when it comes to demonic operation. Now listen, this is interesting because we realize Jesus didn't ever travel far from his home base We've got to realize this. We've got to get our heads out of the sand and realize that this demon that was so powerful that he held an entire region under siege was only a boat ride away from Jesus. A little boat ride. A little lake. 
Wasn't even as big as Lake Okeechobee. He was a little boat ride. Let's get in the boat, go to the other side, which shouldn't have taken very long. So we've got to get our head out of the sand and say, you know what? Just because Jesus is down on the inside of me and in my boat doesn't mean that there's not demonic operation right next door in my house. See, we get filled with Jesus, and all of a sudden we put blinders on to demonic operation. It's amazing what's going on right next door. We come to church on Sunday morning, and there are our neighbors who are going through hell. Either they're oppressed, which means there's an outside force fighting against the will of God in their life, or they're possessed, and they're being used by the devil to fight the will of God. That's living next door to you. Might be sitting next to you. But we get saved, we come to church, and all of a sudden these spiritual blinders come up and we think that everything is hunky-dory. But I'm telling you, there are regions, there are spots in this region that the devil is running roughshod over people and he's running roughshod and he's set up fortresses, he's set up places of attack against the will of God in this region. Why is it so hard to accomplish anything for the kingdom? Why does it take people getting frustrated at each, at each other to do the will of God in this region? It's because the devil has places of attack that nobody is willing to confront, nobody's willing to call out, nobody's willing to expose. We've got to get our head out of the sand when it comes to demonic operation. In other words, Jesus, Son of God, creator of everything, still knew that the devil could be just a boat ride away. Hallelujah. We put him in places like Africa. We put him in places like Washington, D.C. We put him in places like California. See, anybody with an inkling of life would say, yeah, man, that's just demonic strongholds. But I'm telling you, the devil is eating our lunch because of the devil that's only a boot right away. The devils that are a boot right away are the ones that are destroying your life. Hallelujah. Because when somebody gives access to the devil into the earthly, from the spiritual into the earthly, it begins to create a stronghold where anything can begin to operate. We've got to believe that there are people in this region who have become channels for darkness to operate in this region. Oh, I can't think like that. I might offend somebody. Oh, we can't just really press into the Holy Ghost because it may call out some devils. We got to get nervous when there's no manifestations of healing and miracles and the will of God and also when there's no manifestation of demonic control. Hallelujah. Number two is this. If we're going to take control and create a place where there's no safe place for demons, we've got to quit playing it safe. Somebody say quit playing it safe. When we play it safe, demons are safe. 
Let me say that again. When we play it safe, demons are safe. Hallelujah. I see the King of kings and the Lord of lords putting his life on the line to drive out a demon. How many believe that Jesus saw that demonic man before he stepped on that shore? How many believe that? How many believe that Jesus knew he was there? Now, how many realize that was a short little boat ride and he was controlling the entire region? News about him had spread everywhere. So whether Jesus knew it by the will of the Father, he probably knew it by the headlines. There's a demon over there that needs to be cast out. And there's a man that needs to be delivered because he is creating a channel for demonic oppression to control an entire region. So I'm going to get in this little boat. How many believe he saw the storm? I knew there was an opportunity of a storm to come up on this lake, but I'm going to get in this boat, put my life on the line, get a little uncomfortable. The storm was not as uncomfortable to Jesus as his disciples waking him up. And I think Jesus in that moment taught his disciples, if you're really going to do the will of God for your life, you're going to have to quit seeking comfort and begin to seek putting your life on the line. But it, because it's only those who are willing to get a little uncomfortable who are going to take control of the demonic oppression in any situation. See, if we're more worried about how cold or how hot it is in here, what the sound system sounds like, those are all triggers of demonic oppression over our lives. Boy, I sure hope we get out here at 12. I want to go fishing this afternoon. Or I, gotta, I want to go shopping. There's a pair of shoes I want. If we're more concerned about the operation of Jesus in our life and his impact... Now, I'm not saying that we're going to stay here till 4 o'clock, maybe 3. We're not going to stay here till 4 o'clock. We don't abuse you like that. But if we're more concerned about comfort, the devil is going to eat our lunch. And I believe that's what Jesus was telling his disciples. But if you're going to follow me, the trigger to doing the will of God for your life is getting a little bit uncomfortable. How many remember the story of the young man coming to Jesus? Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere. And he said, the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. In other words, this whole thing about building the kingdom of God is not about comfort. So if you're just wanting to follow me to get some recognition... Oh, hallelujah, to get some, some uh, reputation, you're going to miss it. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to get mad at me. You're going to be one of those ones that says crucify him because you're in it for you. And when you're in it for you, you set and open the door for comfort. I'm not going to do anything that causes me any discomfort. Well, just keep letting the devil kick you in the teeth. Hallelujah. 
Because if we're going to create a place where demons are not safe, somebody's going to have to get a little uncomfortable. Amen. When we're more interested in our comfort, demons will be able to operate in the house. In the house. In the house. In the house. Let me say it again. In the house. Hallelujah. The last place he should have any kind of impact is here. Hallelujah. You know, we are going to build a building that's going to seat more people, be more comfortable. But you know what? The process is going to be pure hell. Because it's the people that are willing to go through that process who are going to say, you know what, I'm going to discomfort my life a little bit. I would have liked to have spent that money on this, but I'm going to upset my life a little bit. Amen. Comfort will not build that building. Now, the end result will be a better facility that will be able to take care of and take care and advance the ministry. Hallelujah. People will see a beautiful facility. It's going to be a, a thing of beauty in this region. Hallelujah. It's not going to be an old broken down, barely built, halfway finished. Amen. It's going to be a thing of beauty. It's going to be a testimony to the will of God in this region. My, where did time go, Mark? It's going to be a thing of beauty. But to create that place of testimony is going to take somebody getting uncomfortable. Hallelujah. Lisette asked me, are you tying your message to anything Pastor Chuck's been preaching? I said, no. And so far, this whole message has been nothing but touching on everything he's been preaching on. <laughs> Can't get away from it. Advance the cause, but somebody's got to put their life on the line. Everybody cheers when the giant falls, but nobody's ready to go out there when the giant is screaming. Is there not a cause to put your life on the line so that we can see this region delivered? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we've got to quit playing it safe. Luke 4.1, don't turn there, write it down, look at it later. Luke 4.1 is the story of Jesus coming up out of the Jordan River. Hallelujah. He comes up. John says, behold the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. I need to be baptized by you, but yet you baptize me. And he said, no, I must be baptized to fulfill the will of righteousness of the Father. So John obeys God and he dunks Jesus under the water. Jesus comes up. Heaven opens. Behold my son. Hallelujah. A dove comes down. The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove and it rests on Jesus. The very next moment. Jesus is led into the desert to fast for 40 days and to confront the chief demon of darkness. Woo! Day one. Somebody say day one. And you little interns scream because you got to clean the toilet when you show up. Oh, I can't do that. 
I need to preach. I'm gifted to preach. I'm gifted. Come on, I'm preaching to the interns right now, but you're all interns. Day one, he fasts for 40 days, 40 nights. The devil shows up. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And I'm not going to go through the rest of them. But if you're going to, he ends with this one. Here's the key one. He ends with this one. He says, he shows him all the kingdoms. And he says, Jesus, they can all be yours. Comfort, stuff can be all yours. Control, power can be all yours if you simply bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, it is written, worship God and God alone, basically. And the devil left on that one. Whoo, what does that mean? I'm telling you, when we are tempted with comfort, when we're tempted with stuff, when we're tempted with something that looks good, but it's not the will of God, and we say, nope, I'm not going to worship you, to get access to that. It shuts the door on the devil and it sends me back into my ministry full of the Holy Ghost to do everything. I, I believe that at that moment, Jesus filled his tank to do enough for the next three and a half years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, I'm sweating and I'm glad. Because you know what? The days of comfortable church are coming to an end. Huh, wake up. Look at somebody and say, wake up. I got seven minutes. Lord, how do I land this plane? Let me share this point, and I'm going to close. Because this is going to lead me into man. I'm skipping some stuff. Let me share this. I can't help it. If we are going to create a place where demons are not safe, number three, and if we're going to make disciples, we must confront demons. Somebody say make disciples. We read that in the Great Commission. Go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That, that's all it means to us. But if we're going to be a disciple, and if we're going to make disciples, we're going to have to confront demons. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 16, verse 24, I believe it is. He said, if any of you would come after me and say, I want to be your disciple, you must deny yourself. This is how you get in the club. If you're going to be my disciple and if you're going to make disciples, how many realize a lot of people skip step two? All we worried about is me and my discipleship and my growth. If you are only one dimensional, you're going to miss out on the power of God. 
you're going to miss out on the fullness of the power of God for your life. Because when I became a disciple, I also became a disciple maker. Oh, come on. Let's get a good response right there. When I became a disciple, I also became a disciple maker. See, we live our lives only accountable for what I do and how it looks to the Lord. We've got to go to the next dimension and say, hey, I'm concerned about what I do and how it looks to the Lord, but I'm also concerned about how it looks to those I run into every day. What kind of impact do I make? What kind of residue do I leave on people? When I leave people's presence, are they talking about Jesus? Hallelujah. Take up your cross and follow me. Now, Colossians chapter 2, 14, 15. Why do I take up a cross? Why do I take up the lifestyle of the cross? Colossians 2, look at it later. Having disarmed principalities and powers, having triumphed over them through the cross. Hallelujah. Take up your cross. Take up a lifestyle of the cross so that you can always be the one with your foot on the devil's neck. We quote, we quote that all the time. Oh, he's under my feet. And most of the time he's not. He's right in our face. Because if I have to quote that, that means he's operating in a realm he should not be. Oh, he's under my feet. If I have to quote that, that means he's not under my feet. That means he's operating at his free will. That means I've given him permission to function somewhere. Because the cross carrier never has to quote that. Because as long as I'm a cross carrier, I've always got triumphing power over the devil. Hallelujah. Take up your cross. Follow after me. And you'll make Number four, and I'm going to close with this. Holy Spirit, hold the clock. You did it for Joshua. Number four, and I'm going to close, I promise. If we're going to make a place that is not safe for demonic activity, we must stop making the Holy Spirit an entertainer and let him be our captain. That was worth the price of admission right there. Oh, hallelujah. We must stop making the Holy Spirit an entertainer and let him be our captain. I've always been a proponent for the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, but we must keep him connected. I love when the word comes alive because of the Holy Ghost down on the inside of you. I love that. But you know what? I have preached him like that. You need the Holy Ghost. Oh, the answer to your life is you need the Holy Ghost. And that's like somebody saying, you got to get some gas. You got to get gas. You got to fill your tank with some gas. You need some power. But we never link them to what that power is for. Let me say that again. 
power without destination and direction always leads, always leads to confusion. So I'm no longer going to just say you got to get gas. I'm going to say you've got to start taking authority over the devil in your life. Because then the gas will make a difference. Because telling somebody you need the Holy Ghost that doesn't understand that they can live with authority and power over the devil, the gas will never make sense. In other words, I'm going to start declaring him like this. Where you're at right now is not what God saved you for and created you for. He's got a life of power. He's got a life of impact. He's got a life of authority for you. And then when they go, wow, how do I do that? You got to get some gas in your tank. You've got to get gas in your tank. So if we can get them excited about driving out devils, about ruining the devil's operation in our region, the Holy Ghost will be welcome. He'll be welcome. The Holy Ghost will not hang out very long where the demons are tolerated. Sooner or later, he's going to say, either it's me or it's them. Because he's going to say, listen, I did not come into your life. Jesus did not die and go to the Father. The Father did not pour out the promise of me on you to coincide and to live with and to cohabitate with demonic activity. Come on, stand on your feet this morning. Oh, the Holy Ghost down on the inside of you is a demon destroyer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, there's so many people that showed up today. I didn't show up today to hear about demons. I did not show up today to talk about demons. I did not show up today. I need a good self-help. I need some encouragement. Boy, this is the best encouragement you could get this morning. Here's the encouragement. You don't have to be beat up by the devil. And wherever you go, you can change the environment because it's you that tells the devil what to do and not the other way around. Y'all watching the worship team? Y'all got it? Everybody got their mic? Amen. We don't have a drummer. He's coming, y'all. Don't worry about it. Come on, lift your hands right where you're at. Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. I just told the Holy Spirit with my spirit, I said, boy, I just wish I had more time to, to finish up properly. He said, you don't need it. It's already here. Oh, people just need to reach out and grab it. Oh, people just need to step in. 
People just need to step over. People just need to break through today in Jesus' name. I am calling out the devil in your life. Oh, what you thought were just bad attitudes, what you thought were just dysfunctions, it's demonic activity. What you thought was just a sickness, what you thought was just a disease, it's demonic activity. So many times before Jesus healed somebody, he cast the devil out of them. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Mark, are you saying I've got a devil? You know what? If that offends you, you've got a devil. Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, come on, lift your voice. We're creating a place where demons are not safe. Where demons are not safe. Where demons are not safe. Some of you need to reconnect with the Holy Ghost for His purpose. You need to create, you need to reconnect the power to the mandate. Oh, He did not come to just entertain us. Woo, He did not come just to, I know He's a comforter, but you know why He's a comforter? Because He knows you've gone through hell and high water the previous week. He only comforts those who need comfort, those who have put their life on the line. Oh, hallelujah. I'm stirring up some devils. I'm stirring up some devils. I'm stirring up devils. Calling you out. I see where you've been operating in this staff and on this team trying to keep things disrupted. I call you out now in Jesus' name. Your days are over. Your operation is over. Jesus talked to the devil as much as he talked to God. Oh, not talking to him. Oh, will not make him go away. Just gives him permission. Oh, I'm calling you out in my family today. Oh, hallelujah. See, y'all think racism. Oh, it's just a problem with society. No, it's demonic. It's demonic. When one man hates another man because of the color of his skin. Oh, that's not social problems. It's demonic. Oh, what is your name? What is your name? What is your name? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is your name? I'm telling you something. There's got to come a different reaction to when the devil begins to manifest. Oh, take them to a back room. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, no, 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 no. Take them to a back room so nobody will get scared. Remember that? Boy, you started praying in the Holy Ghost, pleading the blood. Oh, I'm afraid if it comes out of them, it's going to get on me. If you're worried about it getting on you, that should be a sure sign that Jesus is not on the inside of you. Because Jesus and the devil cannot yeah. coincide. Come on. That's right. Woo! I'm not afraid of the devil anymore. I'm calling him out. I'm calling him out. I'm calling him out. I'm exposing him. New Harvest Church is here to call him out. Call him out. Oh, 
How many realize Matthew chapter 16? Matthew chapter 16. Jesus says, who do you say the son of man is? Well, who do you say the son of man is? Well, some say Elijah, some say Moses, some say a prophet. Peter speaks up and says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Ding, 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 ding. Blessed are you, Simon. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Hallelujah. We, we shout over that. We shout over that. But I call you Peter. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Whatever you bind up will be bound up. Come on, people. Yes, come on. We walk around like we're some weak meat Christian. I've got the keys to let it go or to shut it up. It would be foolish for you to go to your house. The door's locked. Well, God, I guess we can't go inside there. And to have the keys in your pocket. But here's the real kicker. How many realize that would put a couple gold stars, Tina, against Peter's name? Man, good answer. You nailed it right there. You just opened the avenue for Jesus to lay the foundation for the church. Wow. It's good newsletter material. But then Jesus, having laid that foundation, says the Son of Man, right after that, you can read it in your Bible, the Son of Man must be betrayed and crucified. And the very one, I'm talking about this is how close the devil can be functioning in your life the very one that just opened the door for Jesus to lay the foundation for the church Jesus says the son of man must be betrayed and crucified Jesus I mean Peter steps up into Jesus and says no 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 that'll never happen as long as I'm here and Jesus's response back to Peter is this Get behind me, Satan, because you do not have the will of God That's right. That's right. as a priority of your life. Woo! Now, I'm not saying we go around and call everybody a devil, but you better take over every relationship in your life because not all of them. Oh, hallelujah. David said this. He said, man, if it was the one that I never went to church with, it would be all right. This hurt, this pain would be okay. But it was the one I walked into the, uh, it was the one I walked hand in hand into the house of the Lord. Turned into a devil in my life. Come on. That doesn't mean you're in the relationship. You just call out the devil. Hey, I see where you're trying to work through my friend. They may be at a low point. They may be in a tough place. And somehow the devil's got access. You don't destroy the friend. You call the devil out. That's right. Ho, ho, ho. Get, he didn't say, get behind me, Peter. Oh, man, that'll preach right there. He didn't say, get behind me, Peter. He said what? Get thee behind me. Hallelujah. Oh, you got to start praying differently over your family relationships. How many got some of those people? that are not only not serving the Lord, but they are contrary to everything you've become to believe as a Christian. 
They ridicule it. They make fun of it. You got some of them people. You need to just quit saying, well, I'm glad I don't have to be around them. Call out the devil. Yes. Woo. I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. Here's a good one. Pastor Chuck preached on it this morning. Mary saw Jesus as the Savior. How many realize that? She saw Jesus as the Savior before she saw him as her son. That's what helped her get through and say, hey, I, I know you're just my boy and went through a lot to give you birth, but I see you as something else as just my prodigy. Oh, and I'm tapping into that. Hallelujah. Oh, how many realize if you can get over that in your own family, with your own flesh and blood, you're going to do something. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Because I'm going to call out this devil right here. Jesus, full of the power of the Holy Ghost, goes back into his hometown. And because they only saw him as a son, he could do no major miracles there. Mm. I need some help right here. Come on, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're gonna, I got a list. I know I've been saved a long time. I've confronted them. I've seen them. Telling you. He could do no major miracles there. Because there was such a spirit of familiarization. We're going to call that devil out. We're going to call that devil out. I'm calling it out in this house. Because there are some people who have been called to be a part of this church who still only see this man of God as Chuck. The son of Cherry Pelham. And this is especially hard for the natural family, the biological family. You better stand up and fight some devils. You better stand up and fight some devils. If you don't stand up, I'm going to say this, I'm not looking at anybody. If you don't stand up and fight some devils, you will become part of the problem. I need some help. I need some prayer meeting now. We've switched to prayer meeting. We are pulling down the spirit, spirit of familiarity. We're pulling down the spirit of familiarity over here. That's just Chuck Pelham. He's a hunter. He's a fisherman. Oh, he used to work in U.S. No! Calling down that spirit that wants to establish that familiarization. I pull it down now. I pull it down now. If there's going to be a season of miracles, if you want a season of miracles, you've got to pull down and confront the demon of familiarity. I pull him down now. I pull him down now. I pull him down now. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Chuck, I pray for you now. I pray for those men and women who are close to you. Oh, that they will not become an avenue. Oh, they will not become an avenue for the spirit of familiarity to begin to operate in Jesus' name. Oh, they will remind you of the man of God you are, not of the hometown boy you are. Woo! Hallelujah. Boy, if I was anybody that was close and tight, I'd be up here right now. I'd break that spirit now. I'd break it off of me. Anybody that has access, you need to break it now. Break it now. Oh, I'm just buddies with the pastor. I'd break that now. That's a spirit of familiarity. 
Corria Bosondo Ria Basata. Oh, Ria Bosondo Ria Basata. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, Ria Bosondo Ria Basata. Pastor Tuck, yes, miracles can happen through the hometown boy. Oh, they can happen through a hometown boy because I am breaking the the spirit of familiarity off of this region. Oh, because it's not only held you back, but there are many men and women in this region who have stepped out to do the will of God only to be drawn back by the spirit of familiarity. Brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. Oh, I've stood opposed to the will of God because it was making them uncomfortable where demons are not safe calling the devil out I shared this story with Chris Chris and I just meeting a couple whenever I can get a chance we meet and just have dinner and talk I shared this story with him the last time we talked I don't know if y'all remember when Jay Pike came here and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing this I've already said his name doesn't matter but I shared this story with Chris and our staff knows the story they were here I mean these Tina and Pastor Chuck, they were at staff at that time, so they knew this story. And probably the one of the greatest demon destroyers that I know, Pastor Manny Rivera, picked him up at the airport. And they were on their way back. I think he picked him up for a lot of the West Palm, it doesn't matter. And they're riding along talking. Probably just meeting for the first time, just talking and Jay says boy I wonder what Tony has for me to do when I get there Manny politely pulled the car over to the side of the road and said let's get something straight right now he's not Tony let me say this again he's not Tony if you're going to make it here he ain't Tony he ain't your buddy oh he's not your best friend He's not your stepping stone to your next whatever. Oh, hallelujah. He's not Tony. He wasn't bishop at that time. This was early on. Oh, he is Pastor Tony Miller, Apostle Tony Miller. Pulled the car back on the road and came on back. But isn't it amazing that he released that as he was coming into this region? Now, his intention was probably not to demean Bishop Tony's authority or anything like that. But man, when you get in a region where the spirit of familiarity reigns, it's amazing what you'll say about people. Man, I just declare, you will see blind eyes open. 
and, and, and it's not going to be, and it's not going to be like a, a work in progress because I know in your heart you want to go see in Jesus' name. Bam. Immediate, immediate. Not this progressive thing. It's going to be immediate. Blind eyes, stopped up deaf ears. The lame are going to walk at the pulling. Oh, you read, you read the story at the gate called Beautiful, and you go, man, I want that. I want that. I want to reach down, take my hand, bam, get up, let's go to church. I'm talking immediate, immediate. It's even going to surprise you. Oh, it's going to, whoa, hey, hallelujah, that was quick. It's going to surprise you. But you say, man, we're praying that. Something's got to trigger that. You've got to pull down the spirit of familiarity. I'm talking to some men in here. He's got to go from being your hunting buddy and your nice guy. to the one that can call out the devil in your life. But I love the story, get behind me, Satan. So many people would have said, huh, I'm not going to that church anymore. Peter said, wow, that hurt, but you know what? He's right. Apparently there's some stuff I need to learn. And he remained one of Jesus' top three. Mm. Because you know what? The spirit of familiarity, you know what it does? Here's how it operates. It makes us hyper-offendable. Everything offends us. Oh, do you see the color of the carpet? Do you see the paint on the walls? Do you see that? Everything offends you. That's a spirit of familiarity operating in your life. Oh, they didn't take care of my kid in children's church, right? Huh? They're not teaching what I, I would teach. Everything offends you. That means a spirit of familiarity has gotten a hold of you. So let's break it. Let's break it before we go. Father, today, I'm pulling down. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not leaving here until that spirit, oh, has felt something. Every prophetic word, I'm going to step out on a super limb right here. Every prophetic word over this house is hinged on pulling down the spirit of familiarity over this house. Every prophetic word, every promise, Oh, every promise, every prophetic word over this house, over your life, as a part of this house, is hinged on pulling down the spirit of familiarity. Oh, I pull down the spirit. I recognize you today. I recognize you today. Our churches in this region are filled with weak Christians. I recognize you today. Oh, where are God's generals? Where are God's warriors today? Oh, hallelujah. Some of y'all have been trying to kick something, a habit. You know why you haven't been able to kick it? You're bound up by the spirit of familiarity. You're bound up. It's a containing spirit. Well, if you're here today and you have any kind, any kind, don't make me call it out. You know what it is. Don't make me categorize it. 
Oh, you have any kind of life-controlling habit, vice, a discipline you cannot get away from, lying, cheating, oh, pornography, adultery. I call you out now. You will never kick it. You will never kick it. Until you see Jesus for who he is. Oh, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You want to unleash the power of God on your life today? Break the spirit of familiarity. He could do no major miracles there because people could not see him for who he really was. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Holy Ghost, release me today. Tuesday night, we pulled down the spirit of the good old boy complex. Oh, that's just all part of that spirit of familiarity. Oh, if I know you and I'm comfortable with you, I'll give you access. The keys to this region do not come from men, but they come from the Father. That means there's not a certain group of men and women that I need to please, that I need to pacify to do the will of God in this region. Somebody needs to hear this today because you've got a hero sheet. You've got a hero sheet over this region, boy. If I could just get to know that person, if I could just get in with that person. Oh, I could do it. I could be somebody. I'm telling you, the keys to your life do not come from men and women. They come from your heavenly Father. I am pulling down. I'm telling you what, I'm calling him out today. That spirit, that demon of familiarity. I need some devil destroyers. Where demons are not safe. We're serving the devil notice. From county line to county line. From sea, from gulf to Atlantic. From keys to the panhandle. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And Samaria and Judea and the other parts of the world. You know that word witness there. Let me just tell you this. Witness. Somebody say witness. You know that word witness is the Greek word martus. I'm going to close. I'm not going into it. It's the Greek word martus. Somebody say martus. We get our word martyr from that. 
Now, this is what the Holy Spirit has come to lead us into. Martyrdom. And martyr is any man or woman who is killed for their religious or other beliefs. And the Holy Spirit will come on you and you will be my martyrs. Wow. To the other utter ends of the earth. Come on, lift your hands right where you're at. Oh, I need some people that say, man, I'm, I've not been a witness. I've just kind of been a Christian and a churchgoer. Oh, I'm becoming a witness today. Because the Holy Spirit only powers witnesses. He does not empower churchgoers. Kuria basatara bosondo. Oria bosondo ria basatara bosondo. Oria bosondo ria basatara. Give, I hear the Holy Ghost say, give the devil no rest. Give the devil no rest. Kuria basatara bosondo ria basatara. And in Luke chapter 4, when Satan left Jesus, it said he left him for a more opportune time. And let me tell you something, there never was one. Whew, never was one. He made it all the way to the cross. And he set us free. Give the devil no rest in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for your people today. I pray for New Harvest Church. Oh, I'm just going to walk the aisles today because I'm praying for everybody, not just the upfront people. I'm praying for everybody. Father, today I declare over this house, atmospheres are changing. Oh, environments are changing. Light is invading darkness at a different dimension in this house. What was able to be hidden will no longer be able to be hidden. Oh, light is invading the darkness. What was able to be contained will no longer be able to be contained. Oh, what's done down on the inside of the house will be declared from the rooftops. I'm telling you, God's calling it out. He's calling. You've got to understand, when Jesus deals with demons, everything inside of us. If we want him to deal with the demon over this region, what's done in secret will be declared from the rooftops. Oh, and I'm declaring today that the devil has contained some people at a, at a growth, at a state of growth. Your growth has stopped. Oh, and you have been deceived by the devil to thinking that you have just stopped. But you have not just stopped, but you have gone into reverse. You are backing up. The devil has deceived you into thinking, well, I'm just taking a break. I am stopping. I am halting for a period of time. But the devil has deceived you. You have not stopped. You have not taken a break. You have not taken a time to refocus. He has reversed your progress. 
Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Well, I feel it today. Tuesday night prayer is going to be awesome. Let me just pray in the Holy Ghost for a minute. Let me get a check from him. It's good to see Eli here. How many of the Johnson boys are here today? How many of the Johnson? Michael's on the drums. Billy, you're a Johnson grandfather. Hallelujah. Eli, how many? Eli and Michael are here? Just those two? Out of how many do you, five? There's Noah, right? Noah. And there's Titus. Four. Four sons. Five sons. Who am I missing? Tim, where's he? Hallelujah. Tim's not here. Boy, he missed it. Why don't you guys come up, man? I, I got a word for y'all. I've got a word for y'all. Oh, Ria Bosondo Ria Basatai. Michael, come on down here. I've got a word for the Johnson boys. Come on, just stand up here with me. As I declare the word. This goes way back. I remember giving Clyde a word about you when you were just hellions running around in the church. I remember he had a real concern about his sons serving the Lord and growing up and doing great things. And I just, man, that word came back to me right now. But you know what? I see more than just um, legacy takers and taking the business. I see preachers and prophets. I see preachers and prophets. I wish Titus was here. This needs to be declared over his life. I see preachers and prophets of the word of God. Amen. I see preachers and prophets of the word of God. And... You can be either your, and I'm talking about as the brothers, as the sons, you can be either your greatest proponent or you can become your worst obstacles. Amen? And I'm telling you, I see preachers and prophets, men doing exploits for the kingdom. I see great things. Um, it's, it's lovely that you've taken the business and that has been passed on. But the Bible says, I will declare thy works from one generation to the next. The works. You're going to preach. You're going to pray. You're going to prophesy. I call that out of you in Jesus' name because um, there's a spirit that would say, man, just us carrying on the business and expansion and us making a living, we've done a good godly thing. And that is, that is, you've honored your father. You've honored his sacrifice. But I see preachers and prophets of the word of God. Amen. And I believe it's time to step into that. And you know what? When that happens, the greatest people that can help us advance that are our brothers. That's what David said. If this would have been somebody I didn't know, it wouldn't have mattered. But it was them that I went into the house of the Lord with hand in hand. So you can become either a great benefit to that. Because I'm telling you something. When God begins to use one and it seems like the other one's not being used, it can cause great conflict. But you need to understand that, man. That's just, man, when he gets his, that word was for me too. Do you understand that? And I know, I know practically that you chose a different avenue of career and employment. And I break that now. I don't know if it's released some kind of 
you feel like you've separated yourself from the flock, I break that now in Jesus' name. There's a word over Clyde and over his boys and Shannon and over these boys. Hannah, you too, in Jesus' name, man. If you only understood the miracle it was to get her here and to see what God's doing in her life. But I'm declaring over the boys today because, man, you, you guys are great cheerleaders, but you're also great. You can pull people down. And you cannot be like those crabs in a box. When one starts to elevate, you just say, no, no, you're just a Johnson boy. You're just my brother. You've got to break that spirit of familiar. I see preacher on you, man. Oh, hallelujah, man. I see the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? The other brother reaches over. Oh, man, come on. We're breaking something right now. In Jesus' name, I declare you will preach the word of God. Oh, and God will give you an audience that he could not trust to any other. Oh, you're saying, Lord, send him, send her. God says, no, I've made you the way you are because I've made you. I've specially tuned you for the situation I've called you. We're breaking that spirit of familiarity. Oh, because, Michael, you've got some things that are going to help advance them. Oh, oh, I see it. You're going to make videos. You're going to do um, media. You're going to do some preaching. I see you on the street corner declaring the word of God just with power and authority. But I break that off Tim, off Titus, that spirit of familiarity. Not just to clear over you, man, when you chose a different career. You're not like the prodigal son. I break that today in Jesus' name. It took a lot for you to step into that career field. You could have been comfortable and happy. I remember you came and painted our office. You were so miserable. Hallelujah. God, I said, Lord, help him. Hallelujah. If it was sitting still, it got painted. Our AC will never be the same. But you were so miserable, man. I prayed for you that whole time you were there. I say, God, give him the strength and the grace to do what he needs to do in Jesus' name. Clyde, you got to let him go. You got to let him go. You got to let him go and let him grow in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all put your hands together. Uh, Cecil and Christine. I just, where's Christine at? This is really directed at her. Christine. Oh, I just feel, I, I just see that in the past, you've just kind of bulled your way into situations. And it's caused some friction and conflict with people in your life. You, because that's just your nature. You just felt like, man, if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to bull my way in. I mean, just boom. I mean, here I am. Hallelujah. Love